Well, hello again. <laughs> As always, thanks for tuning in, folks. PCC Sustain Me is jazzed to have joined forces with The Bridge, Portland Community College's student newspaper. This means there will be a weekly column online for your eyeballs to enjoy with the weekly episodes. Isn't that nice? And we are super duper stoked to be working in partnership with Gypsum, the Greater Portland Sustainability Education Network as well. You can connect and access the program via gpsen.org too. Now the podcast has multiple cozy places to call home. (laughs) Okay, well, back to the program we go. From Portland Community College, this is PCC Sustain Me. I'm Joe Colhane, and today we'll be talking about the Gypsum Sustainability Symposium with Kim Smith, Ph.D. Boom, boom, darkness falls, headlights in the afternoon. I had the pleasure of sitting down with a person I've gotten to know pretty well over the past year and some change. I'm pleased to say that Kim Smith, a sociology instructor here at PCC, and one of the co-founders of Gypsum, has become a friend, a colleague, a mentor, and teacher for me, and I feel very fortunate to have found myself at a school where the focus on environmental sustainability and social justice has been incredibly impactful to my own life and also to so many folks across the greater Portland area. The conversation we shared was centered around the upcoming Greater Portland Sustainability Education Network's Second Sustainability Symposium, which is coming up in just a few weeks now, and it is going to be held at PCC's Cascade Campus. That's March 8th. I've worked directly with Kim and a number of engaged members of Gibson on this event, and it has been encouraging and rewarding to help bring together so many active people, organizations, businesses, nonprofits, and higher education institutions to help illuminate what is arguably one of the most important areas of focus we as a species need to address as we continue to face often rather challenging and many times scary realities that are connected to the climate disruption and chaos the humans here on this planet have helped to create. Before I get into the conversation I had with Kim Smith, PhD, I would like to acknowledge that this program is being recorded on the traditional village sites of the Multnomah, Kathlamit, Clackamas, Bands of the Chinook, Tualatin Kalapuya, Molala, and many other tribes who made their homes along the Columbia River. Multnomah is a band of Chinooks that lived in this area. We thank the descendants of these tribes for being the original stewards and protectors of these lands since time immemorial. We also acknowledge that Portland, Oregon has the ninth largest urban Native American population in the U.S., with over 380 federally recognized tribes represented in the urban Portland metropolitan area. We also acknowledge the systemic policies of genocide, relocation, and assimilation that still impact many indigenous Native American families today. 
We are honored by the collective work of many Native nations, leaders, and families who are demonstrating resilience, resistance, revitalization, healing, and creativity. We are honored to be guests upon these lands. Thank you, and thanks also to our colleagues at the Portland State University Indigenous Nation Studies Program for crafting this acknowledgement. I feel compelled to add a few things here before I actually jump into the conversation I had with Kim. Uh, It is in regards to something I've been engaged with this school year and specifically been working on this past week now. I am honored to be a student educator and actor in the Illumination Project, a social justice theater program that is based off the work of Augusto Bao, a Brazilian theater activist uh, who created the Theater of the Oppressed. Today, I was in two shows, and in the last week, I've been in five performances overall in three different plays. It has been some of the most challenging work I've ever embarked on, and through these three plays, I've had five different roles, all of which have varying degrees of being a rather terrible oppressor. It is an interactive theater, as mentioned, and the concept of this program is to provide a framework for folks to engage in disrupting acts of oppression. It is very interactive, and I have been impressed by so many of the brave folks who have been in the audience who have come up and gotten in and just stepped into the play to explore ways to be an ally, and in many cases, a true accomplice to those who are being treated poorly in racist and xenophobic circumstances. I've learned that as a person of great privilege, as I am a white, heterosexual, able-bodied male, doing these plays and playing in these roles is a great act of love. And since it is Valentine's Day, I have to say this is perhaps one of the best ways I've ever shared my love for social justice and helping to dismantle systems of oppression. I will be dedicating an episode of this program to the Illumination Project, but I wanted to take a moment here to just acknowledge all the people out there doing this work in the theater of the oppressed, and especially to all those out there being brave and confronting real-life acts of oppression. We have two more weeks of performances, so if you are in the Portland area, I do encourage you to look up the Illumination Project at PCC and try and make it out for a show. Alright, well, back to the subject at hand here. As already mentioned, it has been my pleasure to speak in some depth with Kim Smith about the upcoming Gypsum Sustainability Symposium. We had a good chat, and through it, there's a great deal of the talk that shares more of the background and history of Gypsum, and also touches on the UN's Sustainable Development Goals, which, as we discuss, can be connected to every facet of our lives and work when it comes to sustainability and to social justice. I'll go ahead and get into that talk now, so just please uh, enjoy hearing from Kim about the important work that is happening here in the Greater Portland area. Um, So the Greater Portland Sustainability Education Network, or GYPSEN, is known as an RCE, acknowledged by United Nations University. Um, A regional center of expertise on education for sustainable development is expected to help 
support collaboration around regions, and there are 166 around the world, and so Portland's very proud to be, be um, recognized and appreciated for the great work that's happening. And our symposium that's coming up, the Sustainability Symposium, co-hosted with Portland Community College, is our annual signature event that highlights cutting-edge research and sustainability projects going on throughout um, greater Portland and beyond. So I'm particularly excited that we have just the scale of and quality of speakers. Our keynote speaker, Judy Bluehorse Skelton, coming in from Portland State University, speaking about um, indigenous wisdom. And then it also is International Women's Day. So our closing keynote speaker, Severa Chaturvedi, is going to be, she's a UN consultant on women's empowerment and uh, sustainable development. So both ends really um, bookending a beautiful day of um, cutting edge work and vibrant, dynamic people. Excellent. It's been fun being a part of the committee to plan this wonderful event with you and all the other people involved. And okay, so that's coming up in just a couple weeks here. And we're very excited about that. And then we should maybe just go in reverse a little bit as you and I both went to the Philippines for the 11th Global RCE Conference, mm -hmm. uh, which was incredible in Cebu, the Philippines. And that is the global like that's the big one and we're this regional one which is really neat right like uh there's um excuse me we're the region of the pacific northwest but then there's the regional of the americas conference and then the global rces mm -hmm. uh and it's just so amazing because all this has happened in the last less than 20 years and it's grown massively 166 plus almost different regional centers of expertise and i guess Maybe I'd be curious to hear about how you helped start ours. Mm -hmm. That is a very interesting little nugget of information because it kind of was born right here in the PCC uh, world too, right? Such a good question. So United Nations University works with UNESCO and the E of UNESCO being education, they stepped up and said, we want to create social experiments in communities that can help facilitate collaboration across, across sectors that can really advance sustainability in regions through education. I know you've interviewed um, Charles Hopkins and he was sharing some history on that, so I encourage others to listen to <laughs> that past Sustain Me podcast with Joe. So in 2005, the, um, and this was connected in from 2004 forward with the Decade for Education for Sustainable Development, in 2012, I had the fortunate opportunity to represent ASHI, the Association for the Advancement of Sustainability in Higher Education. Yes, acronyms. Um, I represented ASHI at Rio Plus 20. And that's where I learned about the RCE model, but there were already many around the world, and you mentioned the regions, so Asia, Africa, and Europe have a very high number of these regional centers, whereas there were very few in the United States, and only two that were actually active. So when I came back from Rio, I met with a variety of folks, um, guest PCC and Portland State and Lewis and Clark and other groups, nonprofits and government beyond higher education and said, do we need a structure? Would it help to have a network that would facilitate all of the amazing efforts that were happening around our region, around conservation education, 
and environmental ed, but also social justice and environmental, excuse me, um, economic questions around sustainability. And everybody just acknowledged that, yes, we need basically a container, a network of networks to help us scale up, help us leverage resources, hopefully increase our collective impact. And while we continue to grow, um, it was a very, very valuable process to meet with um, potential partners and get support letters and have the structure that the UNU provided um, that supported or that encouraged us to advance research, um, partnerships and governance, uh, outreach and communication so we could cross-promote, right, across our organizations, have shared calendar, and then to have um, programs and events that weren't just isolated in one, in one institution but could be shared across the community. So in recognizing that, we designed our application around those goals and received, we submitted in 2013, at the beginning, yeah, and we were acknowledged at the end of 2013. So we, and then I'm a co-founder, not just founder. I did come back with the idea, but I asked everybody, you know, how many folks would like to get involved, and there were 100, over 100 stakeholders um, over time, identifying specifically what the needs are in our region and what, um, what we possibly could do. And we're still trying, you know, to meet those highlighted needs and implement strategies that hopefully will help us have a more sustainable region. One last thought on that. When I say region, when we say Greater Portland, that was def um, helped defined by um, Metro. And so that means Clark County and Washington, as well as Washington County, Multnomah, and Clackamas. Many founders, of course, but you helped, you know, catalyze it and bring it here, which is awesome. Okay, and we were just discussing a little bit ago, um, the, basically it came to fruition around the same time, well 2015, the Sustainable Development Goals and just how to incorporate them into everything we're doing as individuals and ideally our school, PCC and other higher education institutions pick up on this and, uh, you know, utilize the 17 tools as the platform for creating the changes locally that we want to see globally. And um, I don't know, I just bring that up because I still want to learn and understand and, and help others um, embrace them, like as I'm starting to see how each one has a different application and how all 17 are also connected. But that, um, and I was talking about this recently with uh, Nirja our executive director of Gibson, too, about the idea of uh, finding all of our invested stakeholders within the greater Portland area to pinpoint what which uh, of the 17 goals, you know, each stakeholder has and then creating some kind of mind map, I don't know, just so we can see how they're all interrelated because the more I see it in my head, I'd love to see that, um, you know, on, on screens and in, in, in storytelling and things like that. So, I don't know, I'm... I'm winding around again, of course, as I do, and we do, Kim and I here, but um, could you talk about the SDGs and what they mean to you, please? Certainly, and yes, mapping exercises are so essential. So often, this idea of the UN or the Sustainable Development Goals or these broader aspirational visions for the future feel distant or too abstract, and so there's a great deal of value in 
connecting our own local work within our own organizations and institutions and homes, really, within our friendship circles, to, um, to see that what we do matters and that each of those individual actions from goal one, addressing issues of poverty, you know, to issues of peace and justice and partnership in 16 and 17, um, the first six are really focused on um, social sustainability and the um, next are more economic and then the um, remainder are environmental. The, I should say actually the sustainable development goals are part of a broader agenda 2030 that all of the um, member states of the United States, or excuse me, member states of the United Nations signed on to um, September 2015. So there, this has a whole set of, of broader commitments and 13 is climate change. <laughs> so there's different groups, you know, who, who have been resisting some of those. Um, but we are still in. And this is something that um, Gypsum and our I know, PCC feels very strongly about, that we're doing this work on the local level. And whatever happens at the federal level, <laughs> um, w our regional network has been acknowledged independently from the federal government. So I want to just say that one of the things that means a great deal to me is acknowledging and, and amplifying the stories, which you're doing, and I thank you for that, about what we actually are doing, what we're accomplishing, what our needs continue to be to try to um, have a sustainable future right here in our, in our own backyard. So the SDGs, one other thing that's really important that, Countries all around the world are organizing their institutions to achieve these by 2030. Um, goal four is education. Of the 17 goals, there are 169 targets. So those are like the measurable outcomes for how to achieve a sustainable future by 2030. Aspirational again. Um, but goal four and target 4.7 is education for sustainable development, ESD. You, some of you might not like that acronym. Some of you don't want the development term in there, but that's the international um, compromise. So if you want to say education for sustainability or sustainability education, go for it. But the vision now I want to really emphasize is the preposition. It's education for sustainable development. So we're saying, how can education help create a sustainable future? And so UNESCO and um, other organizations are now seeing that you can't achieve any of the sustainable development goals without education. So Education 2030 is something I'd like everybody to draw everyone's attention to, is that we need to now reorient education and the SDGs to have formal education, non-formal, formal being schools and higher ed, non-formal education, that's you know community education, workforce training, and then informal education with public awareness campaigns and media, all of those now are needed to galvanize um, to help us um, reach the SDGs. Okay, is that clear? So ESD or Education 2030, is now being asked to be the driver for the SDGs. And those are gonna, the, that's in development now. There's a lot of really exciting things that are happening um, around what those skill sets look like, what those values and norms and um, 
ways of being innovative and focusing on problem solving uh, that we all need to learn to be able to address this very scary, wicked problem of saving the world. Yes. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> that is well said, all of that, and it's, uh, it's helpful. It's just, you know, as I've mentioned to you before, and on this program, I'm still learning about it and figuring out how it uh, applies to me and my day-to-day -day life, and it is so abstract in some ways, but then as it gets applied more and as I become more aware, it is very clear that, oh yeah, we all are falling into these 17 goals at some point. And um, yeah, like that's just, it's so helpful. Mm -hmm. And number four, clearly, education, outreach, awareness is so pivotal and, and, and crucial to, to the transformation happening, which is what's awesome about the symposium and, and how this network through Gypsum provides that uh, outreach for communities, organizations, networks, nonprofits to uh, promote their things and jobs and people have now the resources at a very accessible single database within the gypsum.org. Uh, yes, please share a little more on that. Your good question about mapping reminds me, um, I mean, we all have more to learn about what's happening at the global scale, but again, like you just said, you know, what are you able to achieve or what are you doing? So just as a heads up, before the symposium, February 20th, um, Nirisha Havaligi, our, our current director, she is going to be um, doing a training at Portland State on the SDGs, right, and ESD. And then February 21st, the day after, I'm actually doing a training with Global PDX. Um, and we're going to do a mapping exercise with um, like Mercy Corps and some of those larger organizations that work more on the um, international development. Um, and all of this emerged as an exercise, I'll say, because this brings it really close to home. My mother and my uncle <laughs> were like, we don't know how to explain to our friends what you do. <laughs> right? And I said, oh, my goodness, I ha how many years have we been talking about these things? And they're like, we just, we, it's so complex and we don't know the acronyms. How can we say, how can we talk about this on the local level? So this is a small town on the Oregon coast. So I went down and I, this was the first time I did this and I actually did an exercise with them with all of their, you know, all these community members, the room was full and we did a mapping exercise to the SDGs, educated them about Agenda 2030. And then all 17, we said, who's addressing issues of hunger? Who's addressing issues of the oceans, right? Who's doing forestry? and health and all of this. And so we put all 17 on, on um, charts around the room and they all walked and they were all excited. They're like, oh, we're doing this and oh, we're doing that. And oh boy, we would be able to achieve so much more. How about you and I work together? This is in a town of 1200 people. And um, Port Orford's a vibrant town, but it was funny to me that, oh right, they're trying to see how they're interconnected. How can we do that in Portland? And, and then what does that mean for, you know, the students at PC, they're in at PSU to think about that. What does that mean for you know these international development organizations to think about it? So anyway, it's an ask, it's a mapping exercise that um, we've developed over the years, and uh, I think has great value. Also, with uh, we did our global goals fair a few years ago with Hostelling International, and that was on World Environment Day. And we so we did a mapping exercise where we said who who in our community, which kind of just identifying some nonprofits in particular that were working on all 17 goals. So we invited them 
and it was to educate them about their work, but also the community. And uh, so I just, this is a thought back to the Philippines. If anyone doesn't realize this at the global conference, um, global RCE conference, Joe won a flagship award, okay, for this Sustain Me um, podcast model. And I'm, of course, very proud of him, and I'm proud of um, Serena and our international English language program. Um, there's a whole other team at Portland State that won, and then our think tank and our our, um, our fellows program. That was this year, but the year before, we actually won for our global goals fair because there were yeah because folks have um, are trying to develop these types of tools that can make again take these abstract concepts of these big goals and and bring them home. That is exciting. It really is. It's relevance and then the resilience, because what you just said with your small town connections, yeah, we have to apply that to every scale of every city and area, and why not use these 17 very succinct goals that then branch out to the multiple myriad ways that they connect, because yeah, then we're fostering community and the resilience builds and things get done. Oh, I'm jazzed about that. And I, I was saying, you know, uh, and, and just in the imagining stage of, of um, Gibson's website, having that map in a really accessible form where where you can just tap in and every single partner connected, person connected, has their little floating icons of which of the 17 goals they're connected to. And you see that overlaid over whole of Portland and you can see where the, the web is and how it connects. And I mean, the resource database that we already have is quite impressive, but to marry those two together and just give people even more understanding of just how interconnected it all is and how many resources we have is we're a visual society. So, but even though we're doing an audio interview right now, anyways, okay, well, this is also wonderful and I'm very excited that um, I'm learning as I speak and we talk and Let's go back again to the symposium, or at least up to, I mean, you just mentioned two more awesome events. I'm so glad you remembered those because that's really exciting, and I look forward to hopefully attending one or both. Um, but let's see. There's um, just to further elaborate on Gibson, you know, and, and the symposium, mm -hmm. and maybe even just so we, you know, we're one year from 2020, which is weird to think about in my head. But uh, do you know of, because I'm not on the board, maybe some of the other short-term, medium-term goals within the next uh, 11 years that we have um, that you could just speak to? Excellent question. We just had our board retreat, and um, we're doing our strategic planning in the process of that. We have, um, let me go more macro and then get more granular. So as an, a motto, a slogan. We believe strongly in in how we can educate, empower, and engage, right? So thinking about what does it mean to, you know, advance knowledge about these kinds of issues, also giving people hope that it's possible to make a difference, and then identifying pathways for ways to engage. So that's my teaching philosophy. I'm grateful that, um, you know, when I was director and then board president <laughs> of Gibson, um, that they adopted that as part of the broader strategic plan. Now, thinking about, and I, I should step back for just a moment to also and say I've always been, I've always loved this comparison that, you know, Martin Luther King 
inspired us all with a famous, famous phrase, right? Of Yes. I, I have, have a dream. dream. Yes. I have a dream is way more inspiring than I have a plan. <laughs> if his speech had been, I have a strategic plan, that is just not sexy. <laughs> right? And so I'm always wondering, like, what is it? How can you capture vision and passion that inspire change agents, that inspire any of us to see ourselves as, as a part or, part of a bigger movement? And um, so I, I speak carefully about, I use the term strategic planning really through the operational lens of, all right, what are our indicators? What are we trying to achieve? How many, you know, yes, we'd love to have the symposium continue. Yes, we want to be sure to acknowledge the great work that's happening. So part of this year's symposium, we'll be um, uh, celebrating the four sustainability um, leadership our leaders, and we have the Sustainability Leadership Awards that'll be part of the ceremony um, at the end of the symposium, recognizing businesses, nonprofits, um, academics, and youth who are helping lead the way. But I really want everyone to to feel the invitation, like feel it in their heart and feel it in their in their minds and their calendars, <laughs> to check out Gypsen's cal- um, website, gpsen.org, to to see that all the different programs that we have available, um, and and then to envision what next. How can you engage? What does it mean to join a committee or to volunteer, or to attend? Um, Joe and, and Serena and Haley at Portland State have been very active in developing our college network. Okay, how can people be a part of the student summit right before the symposium starts? Or what would it mean for a scholar to connect in as a fellow? And, and be able to advance their, their research, whether they're already connected to an institution or not. I'm also, I know that um, part of our plan is to be clear on the existing initiatives that are happening in our region, whether that's metro or a county plan or a city plan, and then identifying where the educational gaps might be or the, the places where our resources or our um, expertise can contribute. So we want to be efficient. We know everybody's busy. I mean, my goodness, if there's one thing that I, lo- there are many things I love about your podcast, but the Sustain Me <laughs> title is very ironic. Because most people in the sustainability movement are not very good about sustaining themselves, right? And here we are asking for more. And the pressure of systems collapse. <laughs> you know, again, we go to this place of how can I make a difference? I want to be in a team with good people doing good work. And it's an invitation to say, you know what? This network exists. There are ways to get involved, whether that's you know, contributing to the resource database or being in the Speakers Bureau. Um, we want to align efforts. We want to be clear on what's already happening. We want to compare where we are now to who we were five years ago. Right? This is essential too, is to do, do, you know, what was our baseline and who did we think we were going to become? And wow, we evolved into something different than we expected. And, and we're proud of that work, um, but there's so much more to do. Ah, well, that is all encouraging and a good place to kind of wrap up because I want to have more conversations with you down the road where we can just laugh and tell 
oodles of stories, but right now this is good. This is all very juicy, informative, and to me at least inspiring. Hopefully it was to you as well, listener out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so thank you, and yes. Um, okay, so March 8th, it's happening. Sustainable Symposium, PCC Cascade Campus. For those of you in the Portland, greater greater Portland region area, come out, please. And I don't know, do you have anything else you wanted to say? Because, I mean, you just beautifully, succinctly wrapped up a lot of the gypsum stuff. But any other parting words of anything at all? Oh, I just want to acknowledge all of people who are, including you, who are helping spread the word and do the work. And that I hope folks, in the beauty of being a network, that you don't feel alone. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to say our name backwards so people can think about why we came up with a regional name. We are known internationally as RCE Greater Portland for any international listeners out there or national listeners. Um, but locally, we chose to call ourselves Gypsum. So, which again, Greater Portland Sustainability Education Network, if you say it backwards, then you'll know our mission. We are a network using sustainability education to create a Greater Portland. So come, join us. Yes. That's beautiful. Thank you. Love them all mm. and let them all <laughs> That was a delightful chat I had with Kim Smith, and I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I did. A big thanks to Kim for coming on the program and sharing about Gypsum, the SDGs, and the upcoming Sustainability Symposium, which, again, is happening Friday, March 8th at PCC's Cascade Campus. Please, if you happen to be in our neck of the woods, join us. The program is really shaping up, and speaking of that, March 8th also happens to be International Women's Day, and it is mighty fantastic that we have so many incredible women who will be a part of the symposium, including our opening and closing keynote speakers. Judy Bluehorse Skelton will be the opening keynote for the event, and then Suvira Chattervedi will be the closer. And as I mentioned, this program is actually really looking quite impressive at this point, if I do say so myself. And you can check out that uh, program at gypsen.org, G-P-S-E-N.org. So please do check it out and, again, come on out and join us if you can. I would also like to extend uh, more thanks to all the folks who've participated in organizing this upcoming symposium. And also a big thanks to my darling wife on this Valentine's Day, (laughs) Rachel Robinson, who, on top of providing the intro and outro music for this episode, will also be serenading folks at the evening reception of the symposium. Also, uh, thank you to Nathaniel Talbot for the track Intuition that is also on this episode. The episode itself was recorded, edited, and produced by me, Joe Carl Hain. One last thing, please do get to know the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals if you haven't already. They truly are tools and resources that can help guide and navigate us all individually and collectively through this mess we've got ourselves in. And of course... The other things we all need to do in order to do the best we can is... That's right. 
Love them all, folks. Every last one you meet.